0: What's up and welcome to the Beyond Sundays podcast. My name is Brett Stewart and I am the host. And today our guests are Jake and Aaron Mills. I'm excited to have them on. I've actually known Jake and Aaron for many years. My first encounter with them when I first met them was about... Man, what's the math? Oh, it's big numbers now. It's about 18 years ago, 17 or 18 years ago. So I've known the Mills family for, for quite a bit. They both are on staff here at Beltway Park Church now, and uh, I really enjoyed my time with them because I got to learn some things about their lives and about their calling that, that I hadn't even known. So uh, y'all are going to be blessed by this conversation. You're going to be challenged, um, but I'm, I'm very grateful for their opportunity and their time that they spent with us today. So we're just going to jump right on into today's episode. All right. Well, today I am with Jake and Aaron Mills. Jake, let's start out with you. Who are you? What do you do? And how are you doing today?
1: You know what? I'm Jake Mills and I'm Aaron's husband. And that's what I do. I'm Aaron's husband. No, I do some more than that. Um, I'm the missions and outreach pastor here at Beltway and been here for about a year from this area. Yeah, that's what I do. And I'm doing great today. Good. Absolutely fantastic. That's How about great.
0: you? I'm I'm doing okay. Yeah. I mean, that's an honest answer. I'm not <laughs> like phenomenal, but I'm doing okay. But by the time this comes out, I might be doing great. So, we're just going to pray for know. that.
1: We're going to believe for that. Let's
0: do it. And sometimes, you know what? You have okay days. True. But anyways, all right, Aaron, who are you? What do you do? How are you doing?
2: I'm Aaron Mills and I'm Jake's wife. But I also work here in the foster care ministry, and I am a part of Foster 325, which is our new external arm of the foster and adoption ministry at Beltway. And I'm a mom, and I'm also doing very well today.
0: That's awesome. Very cool. Yeah, we're going to jump in uh, to some of that discussion about the Foster 325 a little bit later. But one of the reasons why I wanted y'all to hop on this episode uh, was to to kind of hear your journey of something y'all recently decided as a family. I mean, y'all literally in December doubled the amount of children that you had with one decision. Like, y'all just adopted three kids. And so I kind of want to hear that journey specifically, but maybe even back it up uh, to when did the Lord kind of stir in your heart this desire or this thought to foster or to adopt? Was that... Before y'all came back to Abilene, was it sometime in the process? So, I don't know. Start wherever you want to start and kind of lead us into that place um, leading up to the decision and the journey uh, adopting your kids in December.
1: Yeah, it's been something that has been a seed in our hearts for a long time, but it started with Aaron. so I'll let her start. But January 11th, 1985, Aaron was born. Wow. I'm supposed to
2: tell people how old I am. That
1: means she, today is, I don't know if we're supposed to say dates on the podcast, but today is like the 12th, right? So yesterday was your birthday. Happy birthday, Aaron. Yay. Yay. uh,
0: Yesterday, as of we're recording this, but this is going to come out Tuesday. So, So not
1: too far. Oh, this is going
0: to come out one week
1: after you just had your birthday. Okay. So, but Aaron was adopted. (laughs) So that that is where this story begins. Go ahead.
2: Yes, I was okay. adopted. I was adopted as an infant, um, and so I was through a, pri- a private foster. No, sorry private adoption agency. Mm-hmm. And um, so I was just only two weeks old when I went to live with my adoptive wow. parents, and they are incredible, and I would never change that for the world. And one of the best things that they did for us, uh, my brothers also adopted, but not we're not from the same mm-hmm. um, biological family, but is that they always told us that. They always talked through how much they just wanted kids and how God had prepared us to be their kids. Wow. And so I think for me, that helped me. I know a lot of kids struggle with being adopted sometimes because they feel like they're not a part of their family that they're in currently and for Mm -hmm. long-term. And so for me, I think that just helped so much to know that 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 was chosen a long time before they even thought of me, was that God had planned those things. So that was big for me. So we always knew that we would do something like that. Um, We lived overseas for a little while, and so I think we thought maybe we would do overseas adoption, but it was very expensive and lots of strict rules, and so that hadn't worked out. And
1: Yeah, so... David and Marsha Coker are her parents, and just a godly example of what it looks like to struggle with infertility. Pray that God would change that. Um, deal with the the answer that you know they they still couldn't have biological kids, and to adopt to bring a a kid who doesn't have a family wouldn't have a family. Yeah, two kids actually into their. Family and and they are just amazing amazing people yeah. and so good examples for Aaron good examples for us so then um, like I said earlier we're from Abilene Aaron was actually born in Lubbock but two weeks later she came to Abilene and you know has been here since and well actually we moved around but anyways <laughs> she grew up here <laughs> and uh, and so you know we got married at, at nineteen I don't remember thinking a lot about adoption at that point mm-hmm. um, but. Except for that, Erin was adopted. And that was a new thing for me, you know, just knowing that and walking through that and meeting her parents and, you know, and, and that whole thing. Um, but when we went to China, is when I remember first, you know, talking through adoption. And it was more like we're missionaries and, you know, it's just kind of, there's a lot of orphans here, there's a lot of kids who need help. And, You know, we at that point, by the time we went to China, we already had one biological child. Kennedy had already been born. She was three months when we moved there. And so we just thought one day we would adopt a Chinese kid, mm-hmm. a Chinese baby.
2: And uh, we, we got to go be translators for some friends that adopted from... Mm-hmm. They were they were living in northern Texas, and they came over to adopt. And we got to meet up with them and help them those first couple of days a little bit with their daughter. I mean, yeah. not like we translated a lot, but just hang out with them yeah. and have that So you time. got to see some of that process. It was so cool. And I think that started spurring it on a little bit more in our hearts. Mm-hmm. And
1: we had like missionary friends on the same team. That had adopted five, right? Had adopted, no, no, no. Oh yes, yes, yeah, you're right. I'm they, sorry. I one forgot. family had adopted the Metzgers, maybe Metzgers. Mm-hmm. They they had adopted uh, five, wow. and they already had three, I think. So, anyways, <laughs> uh, we we had seen that modeled, and we thought this may be what we do, but it was um, really expensive, and you and the Chinese regulations just kept changing, and so you know. By the time we came back from China, that just wasn't on the table. So, yeah. we came back from China, um, we uh, moved to Wisconsin, Green Bay, Wisconsin. I pastored a church there, and we had two other kids, to you know Joshua and Hannah. Mm-hmm. And then uh, it was when we moved to Illinois. We had talked about fostering, and when we moved to Illinois, we got licensed. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow, okay. While we
2: were in Wisconsin, we had a, some friends that were foster parents, and that was my first experience seeing people really that I remember with foster kids in their home. Mm-hmm. And I thought, wow, that's that's pretty cool. I mean, I didn't, I had never really realized that. I don't know why. That seems sad. Yeah. You know that you don't yeah. that we just don't remember and think about those people that are in our own backyard. But um, so remember, that was where it started too for me with yeah, the foster care part. And of actually, it. now yeah. I'm
1: remembering that we said we're going to foster. And so, as a half step towards that, mm-hmm. we started hosting foreign exchange students, yeah. okay. and yeah. just having different kids in our home. And what would that look like? Yeah, high school students. And so, we hosted two foreign exchange students, um, both in Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. And then, when we moved to Illinois, we felt like we were ready to to start fostering. We obviously this is rooted in just a belief in the gospel. You know, mm-hmm. for us that that God sent his son for us, that we are adopted into the family of God, not born Jews, not born yeah. Israelites, and yet as Gentiles grafted in and adopted in. So we we have that core understanding. And, and just James one twenty seven that pure and undefiled religion is taking care of orphans and widows. So we... Yeah. And Isaiah, you know, and we've, we've just always thought, man, there's some... We're supposed to be, as the church, yeah. as believers...
0: There's something we're supposed to be i'm supposed to be a part in of it. this yeah. a part S- of this
1: something's you know so you know we thought you know the church has got to answer for this mm-hmm. and we're a part of that and so what are we going to do you know in this and we kind of thought we'll have we'll have biologicals and then we'll start fostering and adopt and that worked we went to illinois um, i took started pastoring a church there um, we got licensed with uh, within the state of illinois to be foster parents and we thought we would foster like little kids, probably not babies, but I think our age range was like to ten or something like that. It it's was supposed to whatever to be
2: kindergarten to age ten.
1: Yeah. And it was like Kennedy was like ten. And so we yeah. were like no higher than that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the first one we adopted was eleven. Right. And the first one we fostered, I'm sorry, was eleven. So we didn't we didn't stay in our range. But basically we never said no. We get you know, we got calls. When you're a foster family, you get calls and um, you know, you have to say yes or no. And I was always just like, yes. <laughs> and Aaron's yeah, wow. like, hold on, let's think about this. So <laughs> you like,
2: get to go to work every day. You go day. to work <laughs> and I got you know, go to
1: You're saying yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Do you know what this means for me?
1: Exactly. Yes. So, you know, we worked, but we never said no. We, so yeah. the 11, a boy, he was, you know, definitely from a difficult place and, but it was really good. We saw a lot of growth in that. And, um, he ended up going back to his his family. And at that time, you know, we were talking earlier, Brad, about did we always want to adopt? We, and we didn't. We we thought we would adopt eventually, but we were fostering just to take care of kids in crisis. We yeah. just... And we thought we would say things like, if we end up adopting, great, but we're going to try to just take care of kids in crisis and be a godly, you know, influence in their lives when they're in a difficult time. Yeah, um, And so... We ended up fostering a girl um, who was 16, 15 at the time. She came into our house. Um, I remember we got that call, and it was like, basically, like, do you want to take in this girl? She's from inner city, like Peoria, which is kind of uh, near the city we, near, we lived near, in a difficult place, one of the poorest. 61605 is one of the poorest, uh, top 10 poorest uh, zip codes in the nation. Wow. So. She was from kind of that area, and um, she had just witnessed, you know, violent crimes. Somebody had died. She had yeah. seen somebody shot to death. Um, gang violence. Wow. And, and. We're getting told this, you know, on the phone, and it, like your natural inclination is like probably not. Right? Like, <laughs> yeah,
2: I went to a tiny private school. Like, I don't know anything yeah. about rough we're from life. Abilene, like, I've been Texas. very yeah. <laughs> isolated, and so I was like, oh, if I can. So
1: we were like, wow, that's intense, and there were all these restrictions and things, and and uh, she was just she was a rough kid and from a rough place, and and I just remember. Us talking through that. And and you got to kind of, in foster care, you got to kind of make that decision quick. Mm -hmm. They're like, hey, we got to get this. Yeah. Like, let's do it. We got to move on. If Mm -hmm. you don't want her, you know, we got to move on. And so...
2: She was one of our best yeses ever. Incredible kid. Absolutely incredible. I remember Um,
1: us just coming to the... We prayed and we talked and we came to the conclusion, like, if we're not here for a kid like this, then what are we doing? Yeah. Like, what? Aren't we... Isn't this the whole thing? Right, <laughs> and, yeah. and so it was scary, but we we brought it. Where we lived was like a like a sub a nice, you know, community outside of that, you know, suburb community, high higher income, and you know, all yeah. that. So, you know, she came and lived with us, and you know, racially, racially and ethnically different than the majority of what we lived with, and um. And God transformed her life. She yeah. gave her life to Jesus. We saw. That's awesome. We only had her for six months. We thought we would have her forever, and yeah. and would have had things not ended up the way they were. She was there but for a year. She was there for yeah. a year. Yeah, six months so. was the the boy, but mm-hmm. she was there for a year.
2: Mm-hmm. And our community there embraced her and loved her, and I was I was so impressed with the school that she went to and yeah. how they just um, they just loved on her, and I was. Um, yeah. So she was she was just incredible and she's a That's great awesome. example of of Jesus what yeah. Jesus does in transforming hearts and That was
1: when I thought that was when I really learned like wow a loving Christ-centered Holy Spirit-filled home can have drastic yeah impact mm-hmm. on a kid's cognitive ability, their social ability, you know, their self-esteem. I mean, it was it was like eye opening. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it was incredible to see her her change.
0: Yeah. yeah, and that kind of change is, I mean, what the Lord is after in all of us. Mm-hmm. And it, you said something a minute ago, like when first asked about, hey, would you would you take this girl in? It sounds scary and daunting, and you're like, uh, oh, that's intense. Like, but then what you just said, like. But isn't that what if that's not what we're doing what are we what are we doing right. and so just realizing that i don't know this might not be a popular question but i'm going to ask it because i'm asking it to challenge myself and anyone listening cuz you you said that there is a almost a biblical mandate on the church or on believers for for the orphans i think sometimes we've made foster care about a matter of does a family want to do it or not, but does that even like, does that matter? Does want have anything to do with it? Or is there something deeper and bigger there? And what would you say to the person listening? What would you say to, to the believer who is wanting to grow in the things of the kingdom? Mm -hmm. And there's a reality out there of so many of these broken lives and broken homes. And there seems to be some sort of, call on the church? I don't know.
1: I believe, you know, I think we need to be careful uh, making our call everybody's call, Mm -hmm. so I want to be careful with that. Um, I also believe that Scripture teaches that the body's made up of different parts and that there's different functions and different roles and different things that we do. So all that said... (laughs) (laughs) All that said. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. I mean, I, I think... I think uh, I I know, I believe <laughs> that the Bible teaches that uh God's answer for the orphan and the mm. widow and the hurting in our world is the church. Wow. Yeah. And it's not it's not a church, you know, it's not the church institutionally, it's mm-hmm. not a building, it's not parachurch. It is yeah. the church, the it's body the believers. of believers yeah. and the the community of faith. And so, um, can everybody take in a kid, um, who is a foster kid, you know, and, and foster them? No, and I wouldn't tell everybody to take in a kid, but I think almost everybody can. Yeah, <laughs> and that's that's just where I, Jake, am at. That is not a beltway stance. That's not a. That's just a Jake thing. I just yeah. think I, I can at least confidently say that more people
2: mm-hmm.
1: can do it than yeah. are doing it. Yeah, and is it difficult?
2: 100%. <laughs> there's definitely days yeah. I don't want to do it. I don't right. want to. I think why do I open myself up to a caseworker coming through and looking in my cabinets and telling me my trash can is the wrong one and things like that? So no, there's <laughs> days I don't want yeah. to, but there's days that it's something I would never change ever yeah. because of the because of the life transformation and because God did not call us to have easy lives. He yeah. did not call us to have our two or three kids and then coast. Yeah, That is not what they did in the in the biblical church. They went out yeah. and they sacrificed. And they if we look at it, most of the disciples lived away from their families if they had families. So that was basically a single mom so that they were out telling people about Jesus. And so our lives are not called to be easy. I get to come home every single day and I get to sit in my comfy house and do nothing hard. That's yeah. not what... I don't believe that's what God called us to. Yeah. I've, I feel like God gives us seasons to rest and to do things like that. But overall, He's calling us to harder things that we have to choose to step out in, yeah. and He'll help us have the strength to do them um, because the key, they're scary. But He He comes alongside every time, yeah. and He makes it He makes it good.
1: And the idea is that it's the church's mandate. Therefore, you know those who who directly are taking in kids should be supported by. Everybody else. So, yeah. I mean, the idea is you're not alone in that. Right. You know, yes. if if we were functioning uh, in the American church or in the worldwide church or whatever like we're supposed to, yeah. then then there would be enough. There would be yeah. plenty. Mm-hmm. I mean, be way more than enough. You know, support and love and finances and homes and time and all of that. Right. But yes. where we came down to it, you know, we in Illinois, the difficulty was the system. It wasn't the kids. I mean, the kids were were tough. You know, from tough places, but. It was the system. You just felt like you were hitting your head against a brick wall. And and that's not totally untrue about Texas. I mean, it's every state. Yeah. Every state is, you know, the, the system is is pretty broken. So it's just difficult. They're in a they're in an impossible situation, understaffed, overworked, you know, the whole thing. Um and so but we came down to I was just talking to somebody else about this the other day, that, you know, the difficulty of a thing does not determine whether God wants me to do it or not. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. and And in fact, the more broken the system and the more hurt and traumatized the children, the more it makes me think I should do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right? I mean, but Mm -hmm. we tend to do the opposite. We go, man, it's just, gosh, it's so hard. I just can't, I'm just not gonna do it. Yeah. It's like, wait a second. The fact that this kid is this jacked up is just another reason for us to step in, this Mm -hmm. broken, another reason for us to step in. The the system is this messed up, and they're in that system. Mm -hmm. So... That means we should step up more, yeah. right? And so, to answer your question, yeah, I mean, I think I, I know that it's it's the church's mandate, yeah. and it's it's something we have outsourced to the government, and it and it's not it's not the government's mandate; it's the church's mandate. Yeah, um, that doesn't mean every single believer, but it means every single believer is involved in pure and undefiled religion, taking yeah. care of widows and orphans, and and I think that includes foster kids, kids yeah. without a home. And so involved in some way, you know, yeah. uh, but more, way more, I think, should be opening their homes um, to to at least one kid.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: And you
0: know, even as you you talk about that, I know part of our 2030 vision here at Beltway is the dream, is the belief, is the idea that by 2030, the year 2030, that every kid in the foster care system within our region would have a Christian home. To be in, to be loved, to be cared for, to be prayed for, um, either with the hopes of restoration happening within their family, or um, you know, it, it might mean adopting that kid. It might be that mean that kid being adopted by another family. But mm-hmm. to have Christian homes opened up so that every kid has a place, and and you're absolutely right if you think about it. I mean, with even just the number of people in Abilene alone. There's enough homes. Yeah,
1: Aaron, what's your what's like if just one family from each church or something like that? Mm -hmm.
2: Yes. So with Foster Three Two Five, which is which is part of what I get to do at the church, which is a vision of the elders. It's not anything I came up with. I'm just the engagement director that gets to carry it out. Um, But if every church would just have one foster family and put a wraparound team around them to support them. Then we would have homes waiting for kids, rather than kids waiting for homes. Wow. We'd have more than enough homes, and so that would mean we would have more than enough hands to go around for the hard days. Or um, so what those wraparound teams are is maybe those people can help bring meals for the first yeah. few weeks of a placement, or they can get babysitter certified so that it's a, so that the state is okay with the kids being right. taken care of in their home and things like that. So yeah. um, so
0: for the wraparound groups, it's what Jake was saying. Like it's other believers who are helping families absolutely. who have mm-hmm. said yes to bringing kids in because not every family, most families could I really think it's not, worse, but yeah. yeah, not every family, but for the ones that aren't bringing a kid into their own home, they can just as much be part of this journey yeah. and and part of this this ministry. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And yep. if, if you're listening and you're like thinking about it, my, I would say, I'd say contact the, the foster care, you know, ministry, adoption ministry staff, which is Aaron, Renee, and Jeanette mm-hmm. here at the church. But, yeah. but, uh, but I would say, you know, step towards getting licensed, you know, start stepping that way. But if that freaks you out, because licensing is a little bit of a long process. So I'd just say take a step towards it, mm-hmm. contact, talk to, talk to the people who know about it, contact, you know, whatever agency, step, step that direction. But if that's too much and you're like, I just I'm freaked out by that, then become a part of a wraparound team. Yeah. You know, hear it Beltway, or if you're listening and your church is involved in foster three two five and they're doing a wraparound team or you hear about that. Become a part of it. or create it yourself. Find a foster family yeah. and start wrapping around. Yeah. Them, you Find know? a foster
0: like, family to love and support.
1: <laughs> exactly. And it's not just first couple of weeks, it's it's long term. It's yeah. I'm gonna be there for you after it the the first initial, you know, wrapping is taken off of this yeah. present. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna be around a long time. But I wanna circle back around just real quick. Yes. Did you say that if every believer in Abilene would adopt somebody or foster somebody that we would be taking care of?
2: No, just every church, if they just had one family. So
1: you're saying every church, every
0: church, if every church just had one family.
2: Yes, just just one family at each church. And Beltway already has 30. Yeah. So, so
1: we got twenty nine. So, so of there's, them a,
2: there's not that many. <laughs> um, so in the surrounding area, I've there's I have a list of them, but there's about seventy five churches, maybe yeah. maybe about a hundred, and that would include Buffalo Gap and Clyde and those yeah. the smaller outlier towns. But we would have more than enough homes if they all just had one family. Wow. And some of those churches maybe are smaller, or they're made up of maybe a demographic that shouldn't necessarily take toddlers in their home right now. Yeah but they're really great at making casseroles yep. or they're really great. Like for our wraparound team, the kids, our kids came right before uh, school. Mm-hmm. And so our wraparound team, we had three families that that took a kid and they took them to Walmart and helped them pick out all their school supplies. Yeah, that was um, cool. Because I don't, it's stressful to just take one kid to do that, but if we would have taken all six, <laughs> yeah. like I that's can't imagine. crazy. And it's so, stressful
0: for me to go to Walmart just by myself. <laughs> yeah, I was right? I can't. say, it's hard,
1: it's hard for me to take Brett to Walmart. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> less I mean, six kids. I mean go
2: on. Yeah. So that was a huge blessing because they, and then they got to make relationship with those kids and our kids got to see that there's other people that care for them too in this family. And, um, and it blessed us cause they all purchased their, the. Um, school supplies. And so that was one small burden that was off of us, of their school supplies. And so there's a lot of different ways that the wraparound teams can help families. It doesn't have to be making meals. It doesn't have to be babysitting, but that's probably the greatest need. Yeah, Um, Like one thing that's happened for our family, because we're so big, is that people are like, oh, we normally would invite the Mills over, but now there's eight people if I'm making a meal. And so I'm like, I get that. I completely get that. But it's just, a, it's a natural thing that happens because you're yeah. like, that's a lot of people to uh, add on to that stuff. So um, yeah. So those yeah. kinds of things are definitely needed. Yeah.
1: So to kind of finish that story, right, to get to where we are now, um, yeah. for those of you know people listening who don't know what you were just talking about. So we we moved from we fostered in Illinois and saw God move. Um, we moved here just a year ago, um, and a year ago this week, and uh, and we started getting licensed. We knew we were going to be foster parents. You know, yeah. we knew Aaron, of course, be- came on staff and on the Foster and Adoption Ministry, and that was already in the works by the time we moved here. And so, you know, we were like, yeah, we're going to keep fostering, and uh, we even you know chose what house we bought based on you know yeah. having enough rooms, things like that. Um, but you asked uh, me earlier, was it you know was it a plan to adopt three kids? It was not no. a plan at all. <laughs> no, <laughs> so we already have at this point. We already have three biological kids, so we we're right. thinking you know foster one, you know, and maybe maybe adopt. Like I said, our plan maybe adopt someday. Yeah. So adoption was
0: not necessarily like the, the end motivator. goal. It no. wasn't no. like no. concrete in y'all's mind. No. Right.
1: And that kid that is different for different foster families. Sure, you yeah, may, for different families, you may want to think you may your goal may be to. To adopt one or two or whatever, maybe more like Aaron's parents, or it may be like I'm gonna. I've already got some, but I'm gonna adopt one, and I'm gonna help be the church, you know. And, yeah. and James one twenty seven, this thing, but um, and that's great. Mm-hmm. So that's that's awesome. We need that. Ours was we're just gonna help kids in crisis, and if one ends up adopting, I mean, if we adopt one, like they just are in our home and and parental rights are terminated or whatever. Then we'll do it and God'll God'll provide. Anyways, so we're getting licensed, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and we get a call.
2: Yes. So our caseworker with New Horizons was um he knew these three kids and their mom's rights had just been terminated, and we had just come on his caseload. Um, that's a longer story as far as how that works with caseworkers mm-hmm. and things like that. But and he just felt like the Holy Spirit told him to ask us. Wow. And we
1: weren't even licensed.
2: Right, we weren't, we weren't quite supposed done to be licensing. getting any calls. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So he called us and said, "Hey, I've got these three kids and they've been I've been with them a while and they are really great kids." So
1: actually he so he texts me and he says, "Hey, are you guys adoptive motivated?" And I'm like, "What?" <laughs> He's <laughs> like, "Do you want to adopt? Are you all, are you in this to adopt?" And I I was thinking he was asking from the other side that, you know, do I need to just look for kids who need to be adopted, or yeah. or are you good with foster kids who aren't going to be adopted? Probably. Yeah. So I answered the way I've already answered in this podcast. Here's here's our thing, and he and he says, "Okay, would you consider adopting?" And I'm like, "Yeah, we would consider adopting." And he's like, "Okay, I've
2: got little did we know." Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> I'm a, he's like, "I've got three kids." And he and I was like, you you're asking me if I'm willing to adopt three kids, three siblings. I already have three kids. i would be six. Right. And he's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then we called and talked to him, and he said the whole, he really felt like the Holy Spirit, mm. you know, just highlighted these kids, and he had been their caseworker for three years, two wow. two or three years, and so you know he he knew them, and and they came from a hard place, um, not in our region, mm-hmm. but. Um, but in miraculously, our, in our agency, um,
2: you know, God had just, the home that they were in was, was pretty stable and had done a really good job being a, a great influence the in their home. lives. Yeah. yeah. And so, um, so they had, they're just a lot of times with kids from hard places, sometimes their behaviors can be difficult. Yeah. And so that was one of the biggest concerns for us because we have a younger, you have younger kids. And so we just want to make sure we're protecting them and being good stewards of that yeah. as well. Um, and
0: not to mention, I want to interrupt you, like y'all are Still pretty fresh in a new place. Like, yeah, this y'all is like f- y'all three been, months in. Yeah. 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 Y'all have been all over. You just came back to Abilene. Kids are in a new environment now, getting yeah. used to things. Because I guess the only one that had lived in Abilene prior was Kennedy, right? Barely, because she Barely. was three
1: months old when we moved to China.
0: Yeah. So you already have a whole lot of things that you are having to get used to as a family and then enter, you know, the possibility of not one, not two, but three kids yeah. forever. Forever. <laughs> forever yeah
1: and so uh, we the the saving grace was that we because they were in a healthy uh, a, a safe at least mm-hmm. you know foster home um, at the time and they didn't have to be removed immediately but that that home wasn't adoptive mm-hmm. so they had to find an adoptive home but uh, because they didn't have to be removed immediately we had some time which mm-hmm. is not normal normally you're like having to make decisions quick so we were able to pray talk to our family Talk to you know David McQueen and Randy and get some people to speak into this thing and you know get some wise counsel. There's yeah. wisdom in the counsel of many. And so you know our in, our initial inclination, my, same as with the girl in Illinois, I was like, yeah,
2: <laughs> and, and, and I said no. <laughs> and Aaron's like, uh, I don't know if it's Remember the wise. thing about me going to
1: work and I mean you going to work no. and me being at home, but but we talked through it and. Uh, and then, and then I was like, oh man, I don't know. As we kind of got some counsel, and I'm like, yeah, yeah. I don't want to just do. So I can have a tendency to do hard things because I just think we should do hard things. Right. <laughs> and so for Jesus, I mean, right. And so uh, not like dieting because I don't do that at all, but <laughs> like hard things new for you, Jesus. New year, new you, Jake. <laughs> <Come on>. New <laughs> year, same Jake. <laughs> and, uh,
0: no, but I hear you. Like you're, you kind of want to call into check of like, hey, I know my personality that I do this because. Like, I do this. I'm motivated in this way, and I think it's fair to ask: like, is my is my heart truly here? Do I feel like I've heard the Lord, or am I just jumping jumping yeah. because yeah. I know that I'm I'm wired to to right. jump right and to do
1: something. And that's my personality. I tend to be a take the hill, you know, do the hard thing. Stop talking about it. Let's just do it, kind of yeah. guy. And so we went back and forth. So I, I wait. Got...
2: Let's be honest. You like to talk about it a lot, though.
1: Yeah, let's talk about that's it true. too. You like to talk about a lot of things. <laughs> He's, she's saying that because <laughs> I tend to be the, the one who needs to talk things out, whereas she's she's like, okay, I'm done talking to you. Let's move
2: I on. moved on already. Okay. <laughs> we've all forgiven. I'm, We're the, done. I'm
1: the woman in that sense No, no, no. That's, that's so not what I'm But anyways, so <laughs> I but when it comes to decisions, I tend to be pretty decisive. Yes, and that's just okay, let's make the decision yep. and move on, you know. Uh, so I but then at there was a middle ground there a middle time there where I was like ah man I don't know and I'm asking those questions and I'm I'm being led by g- godly men to ask those questions I, you know mm-hmm. it was all good and and then at that point Aaron's in yeah. <laughs> she's, <laughs> like, she's like let's do this we're doing it we're adopting you know three kids and this is going to be great and uh and so then then you know through through that process we both felt like the Lord said you know this is not um, we felt like we were leaning towards yes from the beginning. And, yeah. but we felt like actually David McQueen said, Hey, you need to, you, this is a hard enough thing that you need not just to like, um, Feels right, but you need like a, a yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. Yeah. You need something. You need to point back to. So we prayed for that. We prayed for that. Yeah, I had my my team here at Beltway, the missions outreach team, praying for that. You know, the senior team praying for
2: that. And we printed off pictures of them and had them in our kids' rooms, and they yeah. were, we were all praying wow. just that we would have clarity. Because yeah. we also while we advocate that everybody can do something, we're not advocating foolishness. We, right. we get that
1: it's not that if, everybody can do
2: everything yeah if you've just had <laughs> yeah. a newborn no don't try to take on three right. kids like let's have wisdom God calls yeah. us to do things with wisdom too so absolutely. um yeah so we just want to make sure that everybody recognizes that too like yeah, it's okay sure. to take a beat and yeah. and make sure that we don't we don't just help because the need is there absolutely yeah.
1: so. so we prayed and um we did like a respite care thing with them mm-hmm. they were in Weatherford that came down um, and we didn't want to you know be like a tryout and then and no. then yeah. feel like God doesn't want us to do it and they have to face another rejection, yeah. so we decided we'll do a respite thing and under the guise of like, hey, your foster family needs a break and you're gonna come with us. And you yeah. know, and they were like, this is weird, but <laughs> they, they came at the time, they were seven, eight, nine, yeah. right? and nine, um, right? And so it's Christian who's now is eight. We have Christian who's eight. Yeah, I guess they
2: were seven, eight and ten. Seven, eight
1: and ten, yeah. Christian who's eight. And we have Marie who is nine and Xavier who's ten. Mm-hmm. And uh and so they were like, Okay, you know, so they're used to moving around or whatever. So they came down for, for a visit and really by that time we had already decided we were in. But we just yeah. were cautioned, you know, hey, at least meet the meet them and whatever. So it went went fine, you know, it was crazy, but it went fine. And we felt like the Lord said Yes, yes, mm-hmm. yes, yes, yes. And yeah. so um, I think the next time we, we, we kind of pushed on the agency to go, let's see him again, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you know, and let's do this thing. And, uh, and so they came down for another visit, and, we, and by that time, I think the therapist had said, hey, this, the Mills family wants to adopt you. Mm-hmm. This is the situation. Also, by that time, their biological mother had passed away. Oh,
2: wow. yeah.
1: And so they had gone through that trauma all, all last year. it's so a lot he, of hard things.
2: Yeah, but so by that second visit, we were we were all in, and um, they they were pretty much in. They were still a little wary because you know we were the crazy people with the three kids and the two dogs, and it was loud at our house. And Jake has
0: that beard and scary.
2: They like the beard. They try to braid it.
1: Yeah, not
2: not really. I'm just (laughs) kidding. So, but yeah, no, it went really really well. And so then after that visit, we were like, oh, we were supposed to go to Florida the next week, and we actually asked our caseworker what it would take. To get to, to make to it happen for them, to, them to go with us, and go he said, "Girl, you're crazy." And he <laughs> he <laughs> said, "We can't do that. We can't do that in, right. in 24 hours." I was like, "I think you could, <laughs> but you yeah. don't want to." No. <laughs> no, so we we got to have that that family vacation of five, and Kennedy and I went to Ireland on a missions trip, and yep. they moved in three days later. Yeah,
1: so. yeah, it was a crazy time, mm-hmm. and so we went from five to eight, three kids to six kids. Yeah. You know, and so 18th. now we have. We have no, six, anything. eight, eight, nine, ten, and thirteen yeah. are the ages of our kids, so they're all together. So we have two boys that are eight that room together, um, and are just like becoming best buddies and awesome. you know fighting like brothers like normal. But um, it has been a God thing. Um, we ended up we were supposed to have have them for at least six months before adopting, mm-hmm. uh, which would put us like in February of this year. Uh, but we got a call a few weeks ago that said. You know, hey, would you guys want to adopt him on December twenty third? And we were like, sure. Actually,
2: I think it said we have a court date for you for December twenty third. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we were like,
1: we oh, glad were, like,
2: okay. we're not traveling. So, yeah, so we were was, pumped though. That's we were like, great. Yes,
1: I mean it's better for our taxes. No, I'm kidding. That wasn't the end. <laughs> get in before the the fiscal <laughs> before the, year. the year, ends. years <laughs> up. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, we. But were
0: right just, before Christmas. I mean, it was awesome. It was a wonderful that, Christmas. Present. I mean, what a, it was great. Like you're gonna look back on that that Christmas as. I don't know. That's just beautiful. Yeah. That's powerful. What a Every year,
1: you know, you kind of celebrate the gotcha date, you know, the adoption date. And so every year now, you know, we've got gotcha and Mm -hmm. Christmas Eve and Christmas all At the
2: adoption, Marie said, Mom, do you think that every year on December 23rd, we could have a party to celebrate Uh, us being adopted? And I was like, girl, you know we will. Every (laughs) single year. So it was super powerful. Yeah. That's so powerful.
1: So... Yeah, so we adopted them officially on the twenty third. Mm-hmm. We want to be v- super clear, though, that um, it has not been all cotton oh, no. candy and rainbows. <laughs> no. You right. know, it is. I
2: have yelled and made all of them cry.
1: We've all made <laughs> so. we've all made all the mistakes, and you know, um, we have seen again, just like in Illinois, just in a short period of time, the power of. Uh, a loving, healthy, holy spirit filled home in yeah.
2: community on yeah. the
1: lives of kids in crisis and, and yeah. from hard places and, and trauma. So so we have seen huge changes and yeah. in the beginning, there was a lot of, you know, if you think back to our flip the script series, there was a lot of you know kind of spirals and ruts and mm-hmm. you know yeah. soundtracks running in their minds mm-hmm. and just difficulty getting out of those. Habits and believing us, and you know, at that time they were foster kids and they knew they were going to be adopted, but they weren't adopted yet, you know. And so yeah. it was like a kind of a thing, and we had mm-hmm. to kind of convince them, like, no, 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 we love you, and and they they need a lot of attention mm-hmm. and and love, and they are awesome kids, mm-hmm. but they yeah. have been through a ton, and yeah. there's a lot of trauma
2: from their years of neglect. They had come with a lot of different, you know, just survival instincts that yeah. that couldn't that couldn't work because they were a lot of things that are were selfish, really, but in the in the moment they had to. So we understood yeah. that. But this was the time to just start kind of relearning those things of like you're gonna be safe here, and you're not ever gonna go hungry again, and so you don't have to be concerned by that, and yeah. you don't have to, you know, take all of the snacks that are on the tray, or you don't have to um, rush worry. to get stuff. Right, you or... don't have to rush to get the something because we're gonna have enough for you, and yeah. and you know I know that you love that toy but it's going to be here tomorrow for you to play with too. Yeah. And we're all going to use it. We're all going to share it. It's not going anywhere. Yeah. You're not going anywhere. Yeah. You get to stay here we're and keep it forever. Be, yeah.
1: Or just the coping, you know, survival instinct of, you know, just lying. Um, yeah. Because mm-hmm. they've had, they had to lie in order to convince a parent that they, they didn't do anything wrong so that they wouldn't get, right. you know, beaten. Yeah. So mm-hmm. you, you know, you have this thing baked into, yeah. and yeah. they don't even realize they're doing yeah. it. Right. You know, and, and so just trying to coach that and love that out of them. Yeah. And so it was there were difficult times, are difficult times. I can say I feel like we are like leagues ahead of where it's in, we were. It's incredible. You yeah. know, yeah. even months ago. Even I mean it just is ago. incredible when you do kind of connected, loving, consistent parenting. Or you try. Yeah. You yeah. fail, you fail, you fail, but you try, you know? Mm. And and so you see that and so now just recently, we haven't really shared this out too wide, but recently, um, Two weeks ago, I preached at North, and we talked about the narrow path, yeah. the narrow door. I was about
0: to bring this up. I'm glad you brought it up. And we had
1: 40 people raise their hands for... so Oh, I did share this at meeting. I forgot. We had 40 people raise their hands at... Um, to say, hey, I want to go through the narrow door. I want to give my life to Jesus. And four of those, ten percent, percent, were were our, were four of our kids. Yeah, and so all two... of them
2: heard that Daddy was preaching, and so they all wanted to sit in the service.
1: Yeah, and okay. so and so the three we adopted and um, our, youngest, our youngest Hannah youngest, all yeah. raised their hand to say we want to give our lives to Jesus and. You know, as a parent, you're always like, oh, was that real or whatever? And you got to kind of walk through that. Or at least I, I think you should walk through yeah. it and ask questions. And And Joshua, who's eight, and Kennedy, who's 13, they've already... You know, given their lives to Jesus and gotten baptized, and they didn't raise their hands, which was yeah. a huge. I was like, "Yes, <laughs> <laughs>
2: they got it." I they talked to Joshua it. after.
1: Like, did you raise your? And it was in bad. I didn't tell you this, what it was like, did <laughs> you testing him." Did, did you, you raise like, your hand? It's like, did you raise your hand for the? You know, when the other kids did and stuff, and he he was like, "No," he thought he was going to get in trouble, and I was like, "Good job, buddy," because <laughs> you've already given your life to Jesus. And he was like, "Yeah," <laughs> and so it was really good. But anyways, the. That afternoon, Sunday afternoon, this is like two weeks ago, we are at home and talking through that with those four, and it kind of in shifts, and we were in Hannah's room, and and there was just a genuine, mm-hmm. these four... I mean, Hannah has always been in church, she's a pastor's kid, she's yeah. like, yeah, I wanna go with the guy, Jesus, like he's yeah. my best friend, you know. so <laughs> she's a little bit in a different place, but with these other three, they have not, yeah. this is all like... What? I mean, the the whole thing we do Bible stories at night. We do church. we you know, they're in church a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, they're here in the, we're we're having discussions at every dinner almost for a long time about about Jesus and like just some basic stuff because they just yeah. didn't know. and so they they all very genuinely said, awesome. I want Jesus. I mm. want to give my life to Jesus. So, yeah Um we prayed with them and and they gave their lives to Jesus, yeah. just in on the floor of Hannah's room, and we signed up for baptism class. That's Which awesome. is February sixth. If you're listening, you can nice. sign up. Beltway slash baptisms.
0: <laughs> so that's cool. Uh, thanks for telling us a little bit of y'all's story as we kind of wrap up, Aaron. What what can someone do? What is a good next step for them to do if they if they're wanting to say yes to this call of of being part of um, part of the Foster adoption ministry mm-hmm. or be part of, of this need that we have, not just in the Abilene area. I mean, this is it's all everywhere. over our nation. Yeah. Um, but what, what is that next step for someone? Where should they go to get some information? And uh, if there's anything else about Foster 325 that you wanted to explain?
2: Mm-hmm. Go for yeah. it. So if they wanted to contact me, uh, myself, or Renee, or Jeanette at, it's just our names, and beltway.org, and yeah. we would love to answer any questions. We can give them information on babysitter training that's starting on February 5th. Nice, and so uh, that's a Saturday, I hope. And so um, (laughs) must be because February
1: sixth is a Sunday for baptism. Okay, good.
2: So that will start your process to become a certified babysitter, which is a great, great need. I get I get emails almost weekly from parents asking if I have lists of people that are certified. That are certified, and I I don't have those lists because they're very hard to keep track of because. A lot of different factors. but um, So that's a great way to start. We can get you plugged into a wraparound team. We can find you foster families that you can get to know. Um, if you have any inclination that you would like to adopt from foster care, I would say go ahead and get licensed. You yeah. do not have to say yes to kids. You can wait until something falls in your lap like it did for us. But you don't get these opportunities if you're not licensed. We would never have heard about these kids if we were not licensed. Yeah,
1: there was like a post you shared a a few months ago that was basically, uh, the gist of it was, you know, we're called to take in orphans as Christ followers, but the only way you can take in orphans in America... Is to be licensed yeah. as a foster mm-hmm. as a foster yeah. That's how we take in orphans. Yeah. You can't just randomly go grab an right. orphan and yeah right. Right. yeah. right. You can't. So how are you going to follow that mandate? How are mm-hmm. you going to follow, you know, what what Christ, even if the Holy Spirit moved you to take in an orphan, even an yeah. orphan you knew, right? You yeah. know, that somehow you found out about at school or whatever. How are you going to do that? Mm-hmm. You got to be licensed. Yeah. So in our in our country, in our in our time, in our culture, you got to be licensed. So, yeah. yeah, go get go get licensed. Go get licensed.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and you can tell them, no, I don't want to take any kids right now. They are very. Res- we have found that they're very respectful of that. They're just excited yeah. to have somebody that's there when the opportunity's right. So, yeah. um email one of us, and we would love to point you in those steps. I can awesome. introduce you to the nine agencies that license here in Abilene.
1: Our agency was New Horizons. I can mm-hmm. say that because I'm. Not in the foster care industry, so <laughs> <laughs> I can say New Horizons was great to us, great. so that's one place you could start. That's Personally, awesome. I believe you Yeah, Evelyn has
2: lots of good agencies. They New Horizons mm. is a great agency. Yeah. Uh, but there's there are nine of <laughs> I them. <recommend> them. <laughs> and so anyway. I like how you put
0: her in the spot. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so ridiculous. So but uh yeah, so those are the next steps. And okay, even if you great. just wanted to just talk to somebody about it, that yeah. that is what I do. We've licensed yeah. twice now, so we're not experts in any way, but we know some of the things about it. And I can mm-hmm. know some of the the weird things about it that I can answer questions about and stuff like that. So at least it can get the ball rolling. Yeah, so.
0: That's good. And if for some reason you don't know how to spell any of their names, uh, you can just go to beltway.org slash foster. Yes. And then you scroll down to the bottom of the page and you'll see Jeanette, Aaron, and Renee all at the bottom and you can email them from there. And you could probably get some more information on uh, our foster and adoption ministry there at beltway.org slash foster. Anyways, guys, thank y'all so much. I know we have to wrap up, but it's I, I actually didn't know a lot of this about y'all. So this has been an awesome thing for for Brett to learn more of Jake and Aaron Mills. And um, it is a blessing to see y'all walk in obedience and say yes to these things and already see the fruit of what the Lord's doing. Like, that's the amazing thing. Like, y'all have think about it. You've only been in it for a little bit of the time, and, like, these kids have already given their lives... To the Lord, like mm-hmm. the the fruit um, is already coming. The Lord's faithfulness is already uh, manifesting life within them. And like mm-hmm. you said, I know it hasn't just been yeah. easy. It, it's not. It's it's not effortless. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Lord is faithful, and I think we got to remind we got to remember that. And I, we'll close out with this: like we have to remember the Lord's faithfulness in the things that we say yes to. Yes, um, we got to be obedient. We got to just take that step. We got to say yes. Uh, And then the joy of it is getting to see the Lord move. And um, it's a blessing to get to see that. So thank you so much. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Yeah. Y'all have a good day. Well, thanks again for listening to the Beyond Sundays podcast in this episode with Jake and Aaron Mills. I hope that you were inspired and challenged by their story, but also just the the conviction in which they walk uh, to the biblical call, just like Jake talked about in James 1, 27. I wanna read this verse in two different translations real quick. James 1, 27, this is ESV. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. And I wanna read it in the Passion Translation. Again, true spirituality that is pure in the eyes of our Father God is to make a difference in the lives of the orphans and widows in their troubles and to refuse to be corrupted by the world's values. And so I hope this episode, maybe this is the first time that you've ever thought about fostering or adopting. Maybe you've been thinking about it for a while. I don't know where you are, but I hope that this episode is helpful and hopefully clear in discerning the call and the command of the Lord on the body of Christ on believers. And so if you want any more information about our foster care or adoption ministry, you can go to beltway.org slash foster. And there you'll also be able to contact our ministry staff that oversees this and, and give you some helpful tools about what are some next steps that you can take in this journey. Hey, we hope you have a great week. Be blessed and remember God is moving in your life beyond Sundays.